There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 30th of July, 2013. I always get this off at the beginning of the show. I always talk about the the, the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com because you'll find on it well over a thousand audios for free download where I go through the system, this big system, this all-encompassing system that we're born into and explain how it came to be because it's something that didn't simply come up along by itself. It was designed a long time ago by professional people and also with the help of the richest people on the planet that formed foundations, tax-exempt foundations that are worth trillions and trillions of dollars each. And they fund armies and armies of non-governmental organizations and and groups for radical change, upsetting and, and destroying all that was to bring in the new, you might say. And so I go into the founders of it, and how they got together and gave themselves very officious sounding names like the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, which simply is the same organization actually, and they're worldwide today, but they started off in the city of London. And uh, they were the top uh, bankers of, for international lenders actually of their day. And they decided to bring in a, a planned society, a planned world economy, and with themselves naturally being at the top of the tree because everything runs on their money, of course. And no one questions that. Everything runs on their money. All governments do too. Prime ministers, presidents must go cap in hand every year to get more loans and so on for the government. And believe you me, if you're the guy giving out the cash, you're the boss. And that's how the world's been for an awful long time. But it's more so today because they came up with a plan, a plan where they would get big think tanks and uh, run them through their foundations. Massive think tanks, in fact, some of the most prestigious names that you know in think tanks all work for them and were set up by them. And they advise all governments today on the same road, same agenda, basically, on all aspects of society to bring in a global society for themselves uh, under the guise of free trade, which isn't really free trade at all when you look into what it really is. And they brought in the United Nations as, as one of their front groups too. And also they created the, the big, big uh, settlement banks, the Bank for International Settlements. Uh, again, a private organization, just as the, as the foundations themselves are. And they brought in the IMF and the World Bank and many other institutions too. So all these private organizations all work for the same foundations, bringing in their, their system of a future for themselves and their children. And they already have it worked out how long the general populations of today will last and die off gradually as they become more westernized and sterile too, by the way. And plus they won't want children, most of them. And they, they even come out with the Department of Defense on the projections for the future for the next 50 to 60 years. So uh, I've gone through this in the archive section at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Help yourself to, to find out how it all works. And also to, to tell you that everything, all the future is planned as well. All the big events are always planned, including the bank crashes. They're timed to come on when it's supposed to happen to bring you into austerity and to also devalue the currency in order to get all ready for a new type of currency down the road. Who knows when that will be? They do themselves. I'm sure exactly when it will happen for a global economy again. 
Number two, that you bring me to you, because I don't pre-on advertisers as guests. I don't, I could certainly, and pester you all the way through with ads, or I could um, sell lots and lots of products, but I don't. All I do is uh, put out the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com because the, the information is more important than anything. So if you want to support me, you can certainly buy the books and discs uh, at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you'll find out how to do it on the website. And from the US to Canada, don't forget, you can still send personal checks to order or international postal money orders from the US to Canada or send cash even or use PayPal. And across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And I always say that straight donations, because I really mean it, are awfully welcome as we go through this planned inflation, as it's called, as you print up money that's backed with nothing, basically. And uh, your, your, your currencies, doesn't matter what country you're in today, all currencies are being devalued at the same time by, again, private institutions that no one elects, by the way. And that's the big kicker, too, in all of this. We, we don't get to, a, a chance to, to vote on anything that really matters. Uh, d- democracy, if you ask them in Canada or elsewhere, the only right that you have in democracy is to vote someone in, either in local levels, uh, even your councils, and your national levels, too. And once you vote them in, they can do what they want. That's all there is to it. So that's the only right that you have is to vote, basically. Now, the Soviets had the same system, and all, there was only one party system there, the Politburo. And so you get Politburo number one, two, three, or four, I guess it was whoever you liked the most, by Photoshop or shots or whatever that they gave you to, to peer at with newspapers. And it matches the same here because presidents and prime ministers will never know what they're really like because everything about them is done by the professionals. It's all photo opportunities and, and exclusive interviews are all arranged ahead of time. What can be said, what's not to be said, what they'll embellish or, or even fabricate to make up a story about their personality to sell that to the general public. Just like you do with film stars. It's the same. Same bunch actually that work, same, same advertisers and, and, and PR agencies that actually work with them to, to put on a, give you a persona for them. So we never know what they're like. Actually, you get a better chance to know what they're like when they get out after politics and they're getting their big payoffs or whatever they push in politics and they're given so many boards on directorships and they don't even have to attend meetings and they get thousands of shares and they do awfully well, just like Tony Blair, a really good example of a psychopath, a self-interested psychopath who obviously was well picked in advance. However, you find by going through Quigley's books, uh, Carl Quigley himself was the the historian, the private historian for the Council on Foreign Relations because they have their own version of history where all the blank bits are filled in. And he gives the goal, the outline and so on. He said eventually, uh, when they're using the military and so on, he says eventually the money system really kicks in. and uh, The overall control of money by a private central bank uh, across the whole planet. Well, that's the BIS, you see. And he actually mentions the BIS. And, um, and they will have total control over all the currencies of the, the world. And of course, too, money is to be used as a big stick for taxation and taxation and taxation. Everything that they can imagine they can be taxed will be taxed to bring you in to the new society, which is austerity, this term austerity. I think even the Fed Reserve chairman said the same thing about austerity. Um, but mind you, too, as you get poorer and poorer, they're going to give you lots of drugs from pharma. because so they'll, they'll, they'll go and check you every month or so. They're already doing this in Scotland, even the children. And they'll check your psychological well-being, you see. So if you're living on the streets, as long as you feel good about it and yourself, 
and you're happy, like some, some crazy loon, then uh, everything's okay. And they're putting lots of money into training all these people to go around and, and talk to people who are losing it, losing it all physically and, and eventually mentally to make sure they get you back and feeling well about everything again. That's a substitute for gross domestic product, apparently. So, as I say, most folk haven't got a clue uh, as they go through life that every major event, all the wars too, are planned long, long, long ahead of them being implemented. Uh, often they're planned long before you're born. And uh, it can take 20, 30 years or more to, to actually get it underway. In fact, they have lists of countries to take out. And I can remember back in the Vietnam days, uh, Vietnamese War, the CIA admitted at the time, well, after this one's over, we've got more, 20 more to take down, countries, that is, to take down. They actually talked about it, the different list that they had. So we live through big changes, planned changes. It's all expressed in the news media. Uh, remember, all the, the, the editors and owners of news, newspapers are all the big boys. They're members of the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, remember, the Council on Foreign Relations, which belongs to the Royal Institute of International Affairs, private organizations, they have an inner council and an outer council. Our party, you might say. That's where George Orwell got his idea of the inner party and outer party. It was from something that already existed. And only those in the inner party or council know the big, big plans. Those below uh, run it like a military operation. They obey orders, regardless if they're put in as prime minister or president. They obey orders. It's all based on faith that uh, they'll be well taken care of if they do their job. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix Talking about the big system And it truly is a big system And it knows exactly where it's going And believe you me, there's going to be a lot of upsets around the world By the time it's all finished with the with its big, big plans But that's how the world's always really been run by those in power And I think um, if you into Francis Bacon And in his book, and so on to the king He advised the kings that the public should really never have an idea Of what's really going on, basically Never told the truth. And that's what the media does today. It gives us lots of things to go, ooh, and ah, and that's terrible. And we should, something should be done about that. These kind of stories. And the rest of it's trivia, of course. It doesn't matter at all because um, it happens all the time. Lots and lots of trivia. We've got lots of entertainment, mind you, as well, to keep us busy. And as things get worse and worse, of course, folk always look for more entertainment. It's an escapism, you see. And because uh, many, many folk can't handle what's really, really going on in the world. But here's an article here, for instance, that at least some people in some countries still get up and, and talk. And they're always lambasted if, they're, if they belong to profession. Uh, you find this in the medical profession where, where Wakefield was being lambasted by uh, the, the British Medical Association because they get massive funding from all the big pharma companies. And he talked about the, the MMR or the polio shots too, but MMR mainly that uh, was, caused, was behind a lot of autism and he was, really, he was almost crucified for doing so. But here's an article here too about a Google engineer who won an, SA, an NSA award. 
National Security Agency Award, and then says that the NSA should be abolished after he got it. So last week, Dr. Joseph Bonnell learned that he won the NSA's first annual Science of Security SOS competition, a competition which aims to honour the best scientific papers about national security as a way to strengthen the NSA collaboration with researchers in academia, honoured Bonnell for his paper on the nature of passwords. As in, how did Bonneau respond to being honoured by the NSA? By expressing it in an honest and bittersweet blog post. And I'll put the link up tonight at cuttingtrimates.com. It says, his revulsion at what the NSA had become. It says, on a personal note, I'd be remiss not to mention my conflicted feeling about winning the award, given what we know about the NSA's widespread collection of private communications and what remains unknown about oversight over the agency's operations. Like many in the community of cryptographers and security engineers, I'm sad that we haven't been better informed or better informed the public about the inherent dangers and questionable utility of mass surveillance. And like many American citizens, I'm ashamed we've let our politicians sneak the country down this path. In accepting the award, he says, I don't condone the NSA surveillance. I simply put, I don't think a free society is compatible with an organization like the NSA in its current form. So I'll, I'll put this article up tonight too. It goes on a bit more and it's well worth reading because some people involved in, 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 uh, or have, have connections with these agencies are simply not content themselves because it's affecting them too and their families. But since everyone's been spied on. But you understand we're living in a totalitarian system. I mean, the, the whole idea of terrorism, terrorism, this vague term, called terrorism, is deliberately obscure so they can always expand it into anything at all they want it to mean. And, of course, they couldn't push through their massive agenda at this time. And this is a massive agenda, worldwide takeovers of countries to be standardized and, and private banks put in, private central banks put in, and then the loans from the IMF, like all the rest of us that are now democratic, you see, and an eternal uh, debt forever. So they're doing away with the last few countries, but there's other countries around the world too. They're still to do away with this and standardize too, and uh, and they must keep us all in check as they bring us into uh, austerity, as they tax us for more and more of all the the funding we need for the wars and for all the multi-industrial complex, which is totally subsidized by the public basically uh, for new weaponry, always new weaponry, and it's like the old. Cold War warfares where uh, they deliberately put out nonsense that the Russians had a better missile than, than the XYZ or whatever, and we need a new XYZ Mark II next month. And, and these things lasted literally three or four months before there was another one out. And it's all bogus, folks, and, uh, and they, they profited awfully well off uh, creating these things which are never to be used. So we're living in a controlled society. Now, many Authors in the past uh, have written their books and talk about authors who partook in global clubs, if you like, like Lord Burton Russell, who wrote about the coming society that they were going to bring in. And he, he confirmed many of the things that Carl quickly talked about with the Council on Foreign Relations, where he said that, uh, he says, we do. He says, this organization does exist, he says. Uh, this private secretive organization, and he said it's, it's often mistaken for communism because it would seem that their goals are very, very similar, if not the same, uh, meaning with society. See, communism, too, was a totalitarian regime, 
And many people, long before we heard communism, already believed that, that uh, totalitarian regimes were the only way to run the world and so on properly, properly, by all those in academia. And the social sciences were coming up and so on. And behaviorists were coming out like crazy. And they believed they could create a perfect society that to be ruled uh, very meekly uh, and uh, because they'll be meek at the bottom. And that's where we're going today. Obey, obey, obey is the name of the day. And, and that's where we are today. But as I say, the big boys themselves did write books about it. The, the, uh, there's lots of information out there in their own books. Lots of bureaucrats, too, who retired, uh, have written their own memoirs. And you'll find little gems in that, too, about the coming society that they helped set up. But it also meant the complete destruction of all nationalist-type societies. Uh, and it's to make internationalism the key. Not all, I'll say there's always one exception. But uh, you, you'll find that's what had to happen. And then after World War II, they said it was more vitalist what this happened because it would bring us peace. And without it, there'd be no peace and so on. So uh, they also wanted to destroy the family unit um, because for, for even before Bertrand Russell was talking about it, H.G. Wells was talking about it in his non-fiction books, and he was a propagandist for this organization, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, before it even was given that name. Before that was called the Milner Group, Lord Alfred Milner Group. And so he was a propagandist who said the same thing, that most folk should, should live in a planned society where their betters, those with more intelligent, plan their futures and watch them and so on and make sure they behave, and train them uh, by using psychology. We're, we're there today. It's just got it's astronomical what's been going on, and the folk are accepting it, one law after another, as meek as can be. They're all terrified to say anything, do anything, and that's part of the reason you get all these, and since, especially since 9-11, you get all these homeland security type uh, shows, dramas, uh, to, to instill into you, this is what happened to you if you do the wrong thing. And the wrong thing can be standing up and just seeing this is all wrong. So if we're getting terrified, you're all being trained through fiction all the time and you don't know it at all. You have no, no idea that this is what's happening. Now, whenever they come out with, I've always said this, uh, war technology, uh, the spin-offs come from all the technology. That's how you got the microwave oven. Uh, in World War II, Germany already was way ahead with microwave transmissions. And even thermal detectors they had for the field, for the snipers, they had these little things that, that were like small umbrellas, and they could detect body heat and, and fields and hills far away. So where did they go from there? Uh, you go up into uh, drones now. Drones are all the rage with the military-industrial complex, uh, which, of course, is all funded by the taxpayer when it boils down to it. And here's where it's gone in Britain, and this is to go on all over the world it's very similar to what I've mentioned before about the movie. It's called The Blue Thunder, uh, about a, a high-tech helicopter. I think the movie came out in the 1970s. How could spy through your walls uh, and all these kind of things? Well, it's, going, it's in drones now, and here's what they're doing with their drones that are going to keep you all safe. In England, they've done this in, in London. It's revealed up to 6,000 beds in sheds. This is how they this is how they approach articles like this to make you feel it's for the right cause. Set up by rogue landlords or found by spy planes thermal image camera. They're thermal imaging all your houses, folks, to catch rogue landlords. Who's kidding who? Back with more on this after this break.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix, talking about Big Brother, of course. And it's inevitable it would go this way because anything that can be done uh, will be done. The the public have no input whatsoever. Simply done, and and that's it. And technology is going to be your chains. Already is your chains, and you simply don't know it yet. And we always pay for our own chains, too. We always always do at the bottom. But as I say, they're going into uh, using spy planes, etc., with thermal imaging techniques and so on. And uh, in some places over Britain, they've done it in other places too. This one here is about the Slough Borough Council. It's called a spy plane equipped with a thermal imaging camera. has found more than 6,000 outbuildings in one town. Could be beds in sheds converted by rogue landlords. And it says, Slough Borough Council is the first local authority in the country to pay for the specially adapted aircraft to fly over streets, picking up heat from sheds and garages. So it's your body heat, you see. And it spent £24,000 on flights to build up a precise 3D map of every building in Berkshire Town. The result means thousands could be living there without planning permission or contributing to council tax. This is what they're telling you now. Now you tie this in with uh, uh, thermal loss from homes and environmentalism and sustainability and the big fines is going to come down the road too. As they find out you've got a leaky window or something like that, folks. And I'm not kidding about this. It's going to go all the way with it. There's no doubt about this at all. Because they want drones down the road too to do the same kind of thing. Daily, by the way. And it says that they're playing crisscross streets, picking up heat signals from outbuildings, which they could signify that they're being used as sheds with beds. Analysis of the images captured in a two-hour night flight has now revealed a staggering 6,350 suspicious dwellings in the borough. Although many of the outbuildings are habitable, some are described as being unsafe with little or no heating or do not comply with building or fire safety regulations. I'm telling you, the so-called public councils now are just like your, your, your parliaments and your governments, your national governments. They, they, they look upon their power as a private business to rake in cash and penalize folk through tickets and so on and massive fines. And this is landlords face £200 fines in the prospect of their so-called beds and sheds being demolished if caught illegally renting them out. They demolish your shed. Could you believe that, eh? Well, that's Britain. I mean, they actually have things, big big vehicles in Britain. If, you, if they catch you without insurance and stuff, uh, or you don't have your MOT, your Ministry of Transport certificate yearly for safety and so on, and stick it on your car, they, they literally smash it on the road. They just A big machine comes along, like a crusher, and picks it up and crushes it all, and it's gone. That's it. That's your trial over. There's no jury there. And it says here, the council commissioned aerial imaging company Blue Sky International to produce a thermal map of town to target dodgy landlords and people living under the radar. Now, every major city in Canada, too, is the same. You've got lots of immigrants every year, and if it wasn't for all the bedroom basements and various places for them to live in, uh, there'd be a massive crisis indeed, and it's always been that way. So there's more to this than meets the eye. This is, again, to habitualize you to the use of these techniques being done on the public without their consent. 
and uh, and also believe you me, it's going to take off like like crazy. I'll have to look into this Blue Sky International to see who runs the, the operation and how many relatives he has working in Britain and elsewhere. You know, because I guarantee that's how things work, folks. Them's big big bucks. Also. As we went to austerity, says 80% of U.S. adults face near poverty and unemployment, a survey finds. And it says um, that uh, people are going to look through boxes of food during a food distribution by the food bank and so on. As I show you what happens in, for instance, New York and food pantries, etc. Introduced in 2007, the southern tier of New York covers nearly 4,000 predominantly rural miles. The converted beverage truck delivers fresh produce, dairy products, and other grocery items. That's a typical example of folk trying to, using charities to try to feed them, to which the government's awfully happy for. Otherwise, it'd be riots. It keeps riots from happening, you see. But it says four out of five U.S. adults struggle with joblessness, near poverty, or reliance on welfare for at least part of their lives, a sign of deteriorating economic security and an elusive American dream. Now, I've mentioned before that the big boys, the private organization that runs the world, they call themselves the parallel government. Uh, they, did, uh, they, they did set up the World Trade Organization a long time ago, and they planned to give all the factories to China with, and without saying a word. To Americans or Canadians or anybody else And they did just that They moved them all to China It took years, it took 30 years in negotiations And then it took about another 20 years To train up the engineers in the West Chinese engineers uh, So that they could go back home And wait for the factories coming Because they had no engineers trained to run the factories by, Back then It's all plans, how careful they are in their strategies They also knew uh, pretty well accurately The amount of uh, joblessness they'd have with folk losing their, their jobs and not when all the factories are gone. And that's also why homeland security and, and uh, is very, very important. And all the, every country's gone with the same agenda. All the countries that were dispossessed by the WTO and free trade. Uh, because it keeps everybody in line, because they're expecting massive riots down the road, which will come when the time is right, obviously. They know exactly. It's amazing how much they know with their constant surveys, constant surveys. They have real-time polls done on the Internet all the time. They have all your data as you chat and Twitter to each other, and, and they know exactly how the people are feeling at all times. They know exactly the point uh, to push them over the edge, and they'll do it when it's the right time and start all. But this is what's happening, as I say. Uh, this is like, like something you'd find uh, in, in Britain as well. It's the same kind of articles you'll find in the U.S. and elsewhere as the whitewash over what's really going on. Now, here's an article, too, about a whistleblower to do with uh, GMO. Uh, and it's a Canadian uh, federal scientist. This is an interview with a whistleblower. It doesn't happen every day. But this, this interview I spoke with Dr. Terry Vrain, a former soil biologist and genetic scientist who for 35 years worked for Agriculture Canada and was a designated spokesperson to assure the public of the safety of the GMO crop. So that was his job, was to convince the public of the safety of the stuff. He retired 10 years ago and thus no longer receives a paycheck dependent on a specific perspective. With time to read different viewpoints in GMO agriculture, Dr. Vrain experienced a gradual awakening, leading him to speak out passionately about the devastating effects of GMOs both to the environment and to the health of sentient beings. I'll put this, this article up tonight. It's a fairly lengthy article for those who want to read it. And it talks about the DNA alteration and all the rest of it in the plants. 
and how they've conned the public by saying it's just another variety who have been altering plants for, for centuries. But what I hadn't been doing but with this technique, believe you me, by putting foreign genes into it. This is a new thing altogether. But I'll put it up tonight as well. And also something that Canada should do, uh, because uh, we're, all, we're all gouged here by uh, the things they make you use now, like computers, etc., on the prices of them and all the software. Australian Parliament, the Parliament of Australia, urges its citizens to bypass the geolocks on software. It says Australians are frustrated that, that MS, Adobe and others charge twice as much than other countries. And it's same with Canada. I mean, a laptop here costs about twice as much as the same model in the U.S., this is an Australian Parliamentary Committee released a report today encouraging Australian consumers to find lawful ways to bypass the geolocks and popular software from Apple, Adobe, Microsoft and others. According to ABC Australia, the report is a result of testimony given to the committee by the reps from Microsoft, Adobe and Apple companies that do business globally and charge Australian consumers and businesses considerably more for the privilege of purchasing their products and services. On average, Aussies pay 42% more for the same stuff as Americans. Well, Canadians do too. It's pretty well the same. The three companies grilled by the Standing Committee on Infrastructure and Communications each gave differing answers on why their wares cost more in Australia. Adobe said it offered a specialised bespoke experience for Australian customers, uh, which means nothing at all. It's just PR prattle. And um, Apple blamed the, the local copyright holders for higher prices on its local iTunes store. Microsoft said its prices were set and customers could vote with their wallets, except customers couldn't exactly do that because of geo-blocking. The terms geo-locking or geo-blocking refer to aggregate in the broad set of techniques companies put in place to segregate the world into different regions or markets. Most companies that do business internationally have different pricing models for different regions of the world. Microsoft, for example, might charge customers in emerging markets less for products than it would charge customers in the US or the UK. But software pricing in Australia tends to be skewed far to the expensive side of things. Indeed, Penny Arcade report editor and Ars alum uh, Ben Kachura recently wrote about the cost of being a gamer in Australia, noting that new game releases will often cost more than $100 Australian, or about 92 US dollars it costs more than they'll pay in the US. Anyway, there's nothing new in this, it's just that they, they'll, they'll gouge you as much as the public ticket, and it's to do with, again, the, the societies which will complain and those who won't. And Canada and Australia, again, they're all supposedly parts of the British Commonwealth, a term again created by the way by the Royal Institute for International Affairs. And Lord Alfred Milner was the, the guy who gave it the term, coined the term, the British Commonwealth. That's where, where the, the rich steal all the commoners' wealth. But um, it goes on to, to talk about uh, uh, how they're so obedient and quiet. They don't complain as much. So they get screwed. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system, and it's as complete in total actually worldwide, as Carl Quigley said it was to be, and they're bringing it in so well because they're they're privatizing so many of the organizations that were agencies that, that were government agencies, never mind the fact you're privatizing all the institutions that you built up too, and your water supplies and everything else, and, and giving it to their pals for peanuts who are often international, live somewhere else, another country. 
for pure profit too. So anyway, everyone knows that Britain is the flagship for the amalgamation of countries. And of course, NAFTA is for the amalgamation of the Americas, all of the Americas, by the way, and, uh, and the Caribbean as well. But um, as this goes on, it just it gets worse and worse. And it's actually working the way it's supposed to go, as I say. Here's an example here, as they get, remember, free trade, free trade, if you look into all their articles under free trade, uh, they'll always tell you that um, it's the free movement of goods and labor across all national boundaries. A very important part they, they tend to omit, but it's in their, all their articles that they've signed. But it says Brussels, this is the, the EU Soviet system now, this new super parliament that nobody wants. And it's not democratic. They're offering British firms, firms in Britain, cash bribes of almost a thousand pounds a time to take on foreign workers. Not British workers, but foreign workers. Thousands of youngsters are also being offered payments totaling more than one thousand one hundred pounds to take a job in Britain under the European Commission scheme. The extraordinary initiative appears to directly undermine government efforts to persuade firms to take on British workers as the recovery takes hold. Well, they have no recovery there. In an interview with the Daily Mail yesterday, the business minister, Matthew Hancock, said firms had a duty to hire Britons rather than take an easy option of filling vacancies with well-trained foreign workers. Now, this is only one scheme they've got on the go by paying foreign workers to come in uh, to the firms that are going to hire them. Because uh, they've got many other schemes as well to give them even more cash if they take them on. Actually, some of them will even pay for their first six months of work. So it's a great deal for the businesses, naturally. And it says, uh, firms taking on non-UK workers qualify for a payment from Brussels worth up to £870 for every EU citizen they employ to help pay for English lessons and other training. And many of them, by the way, have only been in Europe itself just maybe two or three years long enough to get their citizenship so they can move to Britain. And employers can recruit up to 20 foreign workers a year through the EU scheme, which is run with the cooperation of British job centres. Now, that means a, a business could employ 20 of the guys and, and get 20 grand just for employing them, you see. Uh, jobless youngsters across Europe can qualify for a grant of 260 plus uh, pounds on top of that to travel to Britain for an interview. So taxpayers being paying for them to travel for an interview. If they land the job, they also qualify for an 870 pound grant to help with the cost of moving to the country. And taxpayer funds that too. Yesterday, more than 800,000 UK jobs were being advertised through the scheme, more than half the total across Europe. So, remember what I've said before, they had to destroy all national cultures. I've read the articles here on the air, where the Assistant Prime Minister of Britain, Tony Blair's right-hand man, came out in the mainstream and said that, that they'd opened the floodgates wide to all mass immigration from the diverse countries, I mean non-European countries as well in order to destroy the culture of Britain forever. So it could never be revitalized and come back again. That's on the cards. And that's what naturally is, is coming out of all of this too. And what chance do the people in Britain have to get a job when the super parliament in Brussels, Brussels can overrule Britain any time they want? And this so-called business minister, Matthew Hancock, saying that a duty to hire Britons, that's not a law, that's his opinion. He won't put a law through to stop it, you see. So this is how bad it's getting. It's to happen elsewhere too. The U.S. is getting the same thing, uh, of course, because they, they belong to NAFTA. And again, this private organization, Council on Foreign Relations, are the ones who drafted up the treaties they all signed. Canada, the States, and, and Mexico, and some of the Latin American countries are already on board with it too. Now, 
I've mentioned before about this so-called plotting a, a terrorist attack on Canada Day. The couple they arrested for that were set up, obviously, uh, by uh, agents, Canadian agencies, security agencies. It's very common this kind of thing. After you understand when you make when you have agencies. It doesn't matter what department of government it is, they've got to start producing results. And they're sitting on, 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 and nothing's coming in, and nothing's happening. They don't say, good job, nothing's happening. No, they, they, they tell them they want, they want to see results. So they make things happen, they set up sting operations. And I've mentioned before about the couple they got for the so-called uh, plotting an attack on Canada Day. They, they got this guy who was a heroin addict, who was now on methadone, which is prescribed by the government. And it's them in the same state as heroin, actually, sometimes worse. And the guy looked to, you know, he wouldn't win any Darwin Awards. But that, but see, Mr. Moreno said it was his understanding that U.S. authorities were involved in the investigation, but didn't say which agencies may have taken part. So it was a combined sting. And it says that the police investigation into the couple accused of plotting a terrorist attack candy may have involved the assistance of U.S. authorities and controversial Mr. Big Technique, the couple's lawyer said on Tuesday. Tom Marino, legal counsel for John Nuttall, and Amanda Corrady made the comments after the suspects briefly appealed in the, in the court Tuesday morning. And when you scroll down on this, uh, uh, they keep talking about the Mr. Big Technique and how they set up sting operations and so on. And they often use it for drawing out confessions, but uh, it says that they also do it to create the crime, the, the appearance of crime. They, they set up a criminal organization, or the appearance of a criminal organization, drawing folk into it to set up people to, to, to charge, basically. It says the Mr. Big Techniques differs from routine kinds of undercover tactics, said Curie Keenan, PhD criminology student at Simon Fraser University, who co-wrote a book on the techniques used in Canada. It says rather than infiltrate a criminal organization, the undercover, the undercover officers create one. They create a criminal organization. The ultimate goal of the operation is to extract evidence that can be used to convict a suspect in a trial. They carefully weave this fake world around their target, Introducing him to what they see as a legitimate organized crime gang, Mr. Keenan said, at a certain point, an investigator posing as a leader of the organization, Mr. Big attempts to elicit a confession about the crime in question. Peter Copeland, defense lawyer from Toronto, who specialized in Mr. Big cases, said the te- technique causes problems when the confession is extracted in an unduly coercive environment that the fictitious criminal gang puts the suspect in. I mean, they made movies about that where they set up a, p- a person they give him a fake reality and all their friends around him will actually act out the part of this fake reality because they're not their friends at all. They're part of this uh, sting operation. They could drive you crazy. They can convince you of anything at all. It says in the case of a terrorist plot, it says that it, was, it was possible that the creation of a false world around the suspect would create concerns of entrapment. Well, of course it would. The guy was a, co- he's a cocaine addict, for God's sake. And he was on prescribed methadone. I mean, what do you expect? What an easy target, eh? And another article, too, about the same thing. It says uh, he's in a psychiatric hospital. It? It says, the lawyer for a man charged in connection with the planet set of bombs at the BC Leisure Kennedy is casting doubt on the client's ability to stand trial. John Nuttall, 30, has been certified under the Mental Health Act and has been treated at the Forensic Psychiatric Hospital in Coquitlam. Defence lawyer Tom Marino said Friday. 
Nuttall and his partner, Amanda Mary Corodi, were arrested in Abbotsford on July 1st, charged with attempting to kill or maim thousands of people at the register by exploding three bombs filled with rusty nails as part of a terrorist attack, all supplied to them by the guys in the stone. The two were arrested after a five-month investigation by the RCMP-led Integrated National Security Enforcement Team. Now, another thing, too, apart from getting results, they've got to set up something to make it well, something to keep the force going, a specialised section of the force. You've got to, have to get things happening, folks. If nothing's happening, what are you going to do? How many people, at times, especially in the US, have they found firemen actually creating fires? There's lots of them. Because then they get in there and act the brave guy, and hopefully they get promoted. When you, when you get government agencies involved in this, they've got to get results. If nothing's happening, you've got to create the circumstances for the results. Or they're disbanded, obviously. This is, this is happening over and over. And this guy, honestly, I mean, he was so out of his skull. I think you could convince him of anything. I, I think you have told him it was a Martian invasion and you're going to fight them. He'd probably believe you. Because it looks good in the books, and again, there's always people in special security and uh, government that want promotion. Everybody's after promotion, folks. Good record promotion at any cost. It's just like private business today. Same thing. Well, from Hamish Monsieur from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>